You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Christmas, it is a time of giving and receiving and lots of eating. And if you have kids, of course, Christmas becomes a whole new celebration and a lot of fun. But it is also a time where you can, I don't know, bump into some people that you don't normally spend time with. It can be a bit stressful. Kids can misunderstand that presents do stop at some point after they've gone through the Santa bag. All sorts of things can happen. It can be a really emotional time for people. And that's just if you have nothing else on your plate. If you have a blended family, if you've lost lost someone that you love, Christmas is quite a emotional time of year. So I have asked Amy Taylor-Kabaz, life coach and mindfulness coach, to come in and chat to us about Christmas and how she manages it with her three little ones and extended family. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? Well, before we get into it, I do have to, I'm going to say this before and after the interview, that people are used to hearing you on Kindling at 12.30, but now doing meditations for adults, but now you've got a whole series of ad- meditations for children. I know. That's exciting. It's something that my audience has been asking for a really long time, and I know your audience really loves something for the kids at the end of the day. Totally. So to be able to create this with Kindling was a dream come true. It was so much fun. And yeah, they're just beautifully put together. They sound amazing. Oh, fabulous. So so you can hear these meditations for your children at seven o'clock every night. I have a feeling there'll probably be a few parents falling asleep to this, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also available on our app. So you can download them for free, listen to them whatever time you finally get your kids to bed, but seven o'clock's when they're on the radio. Okay, so let's get stuck into Christmas. I, as you know, am a little bit of an over planner. And if I don't have everything sorted by the end of November for my kids for Christmas, at least, I go into kind of panic mode. How do you prepare for Christmas? Because it's, is it like the few weeks before? I mean, how do you prepare so that the day itself isn't too crazy? Well, we have alternate years of being in Sydney on our own and then going back to Adelaide or Darwin to be with either sets of parents. So, you know, every second year is a very different year. But what I've realised this year, Siobhan, is that every year I tell myself I'm going to be super organised. I'm going to get ahead of it. I am not going to leave things to the last minute. All of my children are born within eight weeks of each other and then it's Christmas. Oh, that's right. So from October the 23rd until December 25th, I have three children's birthdays and Christmas and every year I promise myself it's going to be different. (laughs) What I've realised this year is... That story I'm telling myself that I will one day be so organized it will not be stressful is actually not a reality. It's always going to be busy. And I was putting this pressure on myself to be so organized on top of it that it would just be this cruisy, happy time that I kept feeling like I was failing. And when we feel like we're failing as parents and mothers, we just beat ourselves up even more. You know, we are rushing to the shops the night before the birthday party to get that last thing we forgot. And our mind is saying to us at the time, if only I was more organized, if only I was more on top of this, bet you so-and-so is more organized than I am. And we beat ourselves up so much, it makes it so much worse. So what I wanted to share with you and everyone today is that let's get real about this time and stop believing that if only we were better people, it would be a better time. Let's accept it's busy, it's chaotic, it is what it is. 
how am I going to make it the best? But it is what it is. Let's stop expecting ourselves to be different. (laughs) Um, With that part about that conversation that's going on in your head the night before as you rush to the shops, I'm just wondering if it's just me, but part of my panic about those things and needing to tick all the boxes is a fear that I'm going to let my kids down. Mm. Now, I know all there is to know about resilience and letting your kids fail and letting them be disappointed. That being my fault is an, is another thing entirely. Is that part, do you think, of what we hold on to at Christmas time, that everything has to be perfect so our children have a lovely day? Yeah, I really do. I think what we need to remember is what memories are made of. Even just last night, I was talking to my children about that beautiful movie, Inside Out, that just has such a wonderful way of explaining to children core memories and, and how we sort of form our identity from these memories, our kids will not remember that we ran out of milk on Christmas morning. Or if they do, (laughs) they might actually think it's funny. So here's a story. I'm born four days after Christmas. I was meant to be born on Christmas Day. I was four days late. When I was growing up, we lived in the middle of the Northern Territory in Alice Springs a very long time ago. I won't tell you how many years, but a long time ago when there really wasn't much going on in Alice Springs. (laughs) And the shops didn't open between Christmas and New Year's. So my mum at all, like except for the local deli to get your basics, my mum was so focused on hosting Christmas lunch that she woke up Boxing Day and went, Amy's birthday is in three days and I have nothing. So I had for my birthday, I think I had one present that was a leftover Christmas present that was forgotten. And I had a wheel of camembert cheese with a candle stuck in it for my (laughs) birthday cake. Now, I can tell you it is my best memory. And even when I turned 40 last year, this year, um, my mum brought a camembert cheese and put a (laughs) candle in it. So what I'm trying to say here is that we put these crazy expectations on ourselves that our children will only have great memories if they're perfect. In fact, the best memories comes from those moments of the fridge is broken, guys, everyone's having cheese on toast on the floor. You know, We do remember those, don't we, from our childhood, those funny stories about everyone's in the back of the car and we ran out of this and we did that. And that's what makes those beautiful core memories. We need to drop this expectation that we're meant to be perfect. And I wonder if part of the reason why those memories are so good is that back then parents would have just been like, oh, well, you know, I feel bad, but still, oh, well, whereas these days, because we're so intense about our parenting, it's like, oh, I failed and my child's going to hate me. And And even worse, we can't share it on Instagram unless it's perfect. (laughs) I know we laugh, but it's actually true. The pressure Mm. I see women put on themselves to have the perfect cake or the perfect whatever, because in our mind, we're almost preparing to share it on social media all the time. And even if you don't do that that much, there is this expectation that somebody's watching and judging. Mm. And that's the hardest thing. And But, but what I love about what you're saying in, in that idea of parents just before not caring, that you're more likely to enjoy the mistakes with your children yes. if you're not judging yourself. That's right. And then, therefore, we teach them not to judge their mistakes, mm. to be able to laugh at something that they'd forgotten or messed up and just say, oh, well, you know, let's make lemonade out of the lemons. Let's change this into something that is a good experience. Surely that's what parenting is about. Mm. I'm going to hold on to that one. <laughs> Too <laughs> late, though, the camembert. I've, I've already organised everything, so, you know. <laughs> that's Okay. Um, 
Um, the other thing I find interesting about Christmas time is that there's this, this word that comes to mind, and that's obligation. Mm. So it could be obligation that we are happy to have. So obligation to our families to go and see them, obligation to visit their elderly aunt. But it's still quite a heavy word, and I'm wondering how you might relate to that word, given that you do have every second Christmas with mm. extended family. It feels to me that that can add emotional stress to the day. So if your kids are dragging their feet to go out and visit Great Aunt May or whoever it might be, and you're just like, this is really important, just get your shoes on and get out the door. Does Christmas come with that, you know, that obligation to family and how can we deal with it so that we're not putting that pressure on our kids? Look, I'm going to be really honest. I think that you have to sit down before Christmas with your partner and get really clear on what your values are and what memories you want this time to be and what you want to do. And if your value in your little family is to see relatives and secure that bond long-term with your children and their aunts and uncles and cousins, then you suck it up and you make it work. But if it's not, then you have to be honest and say, actually, this year, we're not going to prioritise that. I, I think so much of our struggle comes from unconsciously just doing whatever we think we should. And I can't tell you how important it is, is to regularly check in with your partner and say, is this what we want to be doing? Is this really what we want to be doing with this, with this time of our lives? And sometimes the answer is really uncomfortable because it means you're going to have to hurt some people. But in the long run, what's more important? Dragging them along to a place they don't want to be and you don't want to be and you're creating these memories of doing things you don't want to be doing or saying, I love you, but this year we're going to focus on ourselves and this year we're going away just us or whatever it is you choose instead. I think we need to be really honest with what we need to do with our time. And it's about creating our own family traditions. When you've got young kids, you're used to what your family tradition was with your family, but now you've got your own family, what's it going to be? That's right. That's why we do one year on, one year off. Because every second year, yes, we're going to go to the in-laws' house and we're going to really make sure our children know their traditional Christmas, which is a very traditional Lebanese Christmas when we go back to Adelaide. But when we're in Sydney, it is so different. It is such a traditional Aussie Christmas of you know, a couple of cold prawns and <laughs> all the neighbours over and everyone spilling into the backyard and very, very different. So that's how we, I guess, came to peace about that. We have our obligation every second year, which is important, but every other year we do what we want to do. Mm. And, and I will stress, I, 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 the word obligation sounds negative, but mm. it, at the same time, it's, there's a reason why we do it. That's right. And it can be very heartfelt. Yeah, can't it? and if you consciously think about what you're trying to do from those visits, then I think that that can bring out, actually, it is important to us, so let's make this the best we can. Absolutely. What about, this is one that I think everyone has, um, regardless of whether they have kids or not, family members who rub you the wrong way. So you can spend your whole year avoiding them and then at Christmas time you're there and you're like, right, I am not going to let this upset me this year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And then you get there and you're like, ah! Yeah. You know? How do you deal with family members like that? The only way is to be really aware of what you're thinking about at the time. So the thing that we're doing when we, even before we meet those people, is we're already in our body starting to prepare for a fight. Mm -hmm. We're already picturing in our mind, this is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. She's going to push my buttons. 
I'm just going to get through this the best I can. And what everyone needs to understand is that they might sound like just thoughts in your mind, but it actually changes your whole body. Your shoulders tense up. You picture in your mind as if it was a movie. You can see it exactly how hard it's going to be and how horrible she's going to be to you and your kids. And so what happens is you walk in with that armor up, looking for evidence that it's just as bad as you knew it was going to be. So what we have to do even before we walk into that room or that situation is change the way we're thinking about it. Now, that doesn't mean you suddenly start picturing your best friends and you just love each other and you have a glass of champagne and laugh and all is forgiven. <laughs> like we still have to have a reality check here. But what you can do instead is picture yourself being calm and graceful and just letting things slide off your back. Just picture yourself how differently you're going to handle it this year. Not with this tough, stuck energy of, I hate this, but I'm just going to get through it. It's more of a letting go and accepting it for what it is and being proud of how you dealt with it. So focus on how you deal with it. Never focus on their energy or their actions because that's something we can't control. But what we can control is how we think about it and we act. And we have to do that from a place of compassion and forgiveness for everyone involved. But it starts way before you walk in that room. Because mm. if you walk in expecting a fight, you're going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes probably what happens with my kids <laughs> exactly. every morning before we go to school. It's actually a really good point, Siobhan. It is. Mm. That's what we expect. We expect the morning to be crazy and rushed. And so we walk in with this energy. And even if they're just beautifully taking an extra moment to look at a flower or something, our whole energy is, for God's sakes, hurry up. And we miss that moment. So it's a really good point. It's mm. how we should look at all of it. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Amy Taylor-Kabaz, who is a mindfulness coach, and also you'll hear her meditations on air for adults at 12.30. And very exciting, there are now, launching tonight, meditations for kids at 7 o'clock, which I am totally going to use. They'll be on available free on our app as well. One thing, I, I was talking to someone on the weekend, and... He was talking about his wedding and he said, you know, I had to sit down and just regulate myself. And I just thought, gosh, that's an interesting word to use, especially a man. Sorry, but, you know, mm. I'm regulating myself. And we started having conversation and he'd done mindfulness as well. And so I was wondering um, if you had any tips for people who may not be au fait with mindfulness or meditation, how, firstly, why you would want to regulate yourself on Christmas Day and then how you might do it. Mm. It's very much linked to what we were just talking about. So what we need to understand with mindfulness is that our mind is throwing at us, some people might even say spewing at us, <laughs> constant thoughts. It is, if you could tune into it like a radio station, you would be amazed and shocked at how much noise there is all of the time. So when you want to regulate yourself, it just means tuning into that, consciously becoming aware of what's happening in my thoughts, what's happening in my body, where am I feeling stressed. For me, it's often around my throat area. I feel like I'm almost holding my words in, especially if I'm around someone that I'm a bit nervous isn't going to go very well. And so to regulate yourself is to just check in. Where am, am I feeling stressed? Am I thinking that this is going really badly? Am I focusing on the wrong thing? Am I freaking out that I've done the wrong thing again? Have I, you know, just really allowing yourself to check in? And the best way to regulate yourself is to regulate your breathing. Because what we do when we're stressed or anxious or nervous or worried is we shallow breathe. And it's just this quick in out, in out, in out, in out. And most of us breathe like that unconsciously 
all of our lives. So if you are feeling any of those emotions or stress or you're finding yourself feeling a bit overwhelmed, you can just start by breathing differently. And it's as simple as you could just breathe in for five, hold for five, breathe out for five and hold for five. That not only allows yourself to regulate that breath, but because you're focusing on that rather than the noise in your head, it allows a little bit of space. You can kind of literally catch your breath and it sends your whole body the message of, this is not time to panic. This is not time to be anxious. This is not time to be overwhelmed. Everything's going to be okay. So just regulating your breath regulates everything. So I'm interested as well for our children because their emotional makeup on Christmas Day can be quite different to ours. (laughs) More one of extreme excitement, possibly too much sugar. You know, they're seeing their family, they're getting presents and all this stuff's going on and it can be a bit of a whirlwind for them. Do you have any tips on helping our kids self-regulate? Yeah, my tip is to make it all about them. I find that we are so worried about the turkey and the dinner and the table setting and when so-and-so has enough to drink or whatever that we let these little creatures that are really what the day is all about kind of just try and regulate themselves and they can't. It has to be our number one priority. I know that sounds obvious, but I know for me it actually usually isn't if I'm really honest with myself. I'm more thinking about everything else that needs to be done and just, you know, check in with them every now and then. You know it's going to be a big day. You know by two o'clock in the afternoon they are going to be over it, losing it, probably over hungry and overtired. So what can you do to prepare for all of that? You know, really look at what your little one needs. You know them better than anyone else. And if you know that that many cousins around is going to really push their buttons, then make sure you check in with them. So my tip is not really anything practical. It's just about your awareness to make sure you think about them in that sense. Prepare for them and what they're going to need on the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, and also be okay if you need to leave early for their sake, right? Absolutely. I mean, obviously you can't leave if you're hosting Christmas, but... (laughs) You could say you they can. need some time out. and But you can you can leave the room, like where all the adults are. I remember a couple of years ago, my youngest was still being breastfed. And I remember being at Christmas lunch down in Adelaide and having to go off in the afternoon to give him a feed and sitting there quietly thinking, oh, I love this. I love being able to step away from that chaos and that energy and that intensity and sit quietly in a room and to have an excuse to do that every two or three hours, it was the best Christmas day. (laughs) But we can do that now. We can look at our two, three, four-year-old and think, he really needs some quiet time. He's going to lose it any minute. And we know that as mothers. We can see it coming as if they were wearing a neon sign and think just as if they would need a feed, I have to take him away. I have to go sit down and pull out that toy from this morning and sit and play with him for 10 minutes because that will just hit reset and we'll all be okay. And what it does for you as well, it allows you that reset. I wish you were at my Christmas lunch. Um, I mean, I'm going to have a good Christmas, I know, but I still wish you were there. Oh, look, when I say it out loud, it does sound like I do know what I'm doing all the time. (laughs) This comes from 10 years of parenting stress and freaking out and Christmas Day overwhelm. So... 
It all comes from having to figure this out myself. <laughs> yes, and lots of research and practice too, though. That's we can't right. forget that. Amy, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. That's Amy Taylor-Kambaz. She's a mindfulness coach. She's the author of Happy Mama. And now you can hear Amy not only at 12.30 after this program where she does guided meditations for adults, but also at 7 o'clock tonight, you can hear her meditations for kids from now until forever, hopefully, and you can also get them for free on our app. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.